Everyone's in their own world. How we choose to interact with others, especially during a worldwide pandemic, can say a lot about our relationships with others. My name is Vanessa Rivera. I'm a junior studying journalism and digital media at Marquette University. To be real, COVID-19 is turning everyone's world upside down. There's millions of people suffering the effects of it. We can't socially interact like we used to. There's a lot wrong with this reality, but what are the positives? This podcast series will highlight how COVID-19, while still being a struggle, has also brought about some notable experiences. This is Pandemic Relief. Traveling during COVID-19 is a debate that doesn't have an answer everyone wants. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommends staying home in order to protect yourself and those around you. As Adam Martini, a senior at Marquette University, said in the previous episode, humans are social creatures. As part of our daily lives, humans talk with friends and loved ones. Refraining from having that in-person interaction can become too much at some point. According to an article published by Texas Medical Center, losing physical touch can result in something called touch starvation or touch deprivation. This can lead to increased anxiety, stress, and depression. The digestive and immune system can become suppressed after an increase in heart rate and blood pressure, while leading to respiration and muscle tension. As a result, the risk of infection is increased. So what does this mean? Well, not having that physical touch can take a toll on your health. If you come in contact with a disease, such as COVID-19, while experiencing a lower immune system, the virus might not be as easy to stay away from. While people aren't completely eliminating physical touch, seeing others and making plans is still activities people participate in. Traveling is one of them. Air travel has been heavily restricted to help stop the spread. Linda Beard lives in Glendale, Arizona with her husband and three sons. Linda was recently furloughed from Alaska Airlines until January of 2021. Prior to her being furloughed October 1st, she worked at home booking flights for the airline as a customer service agent. Now, her computer remains unused. Beforehand, Linda was adjusting with how Alaska Airlines has been accommodating customers in response to the pandemic. Half of their planes had to be parked or, you know, changed because we couldn't, there wasn't enough people flying. We've put in hospital-grade filters into all the planes, so it's circulating the air, so it's actually cleaner air than (laughs) probably in your own homes now because of that. We sanitize after every flight. Before, we used to just sanitize the plane at the end of its shift of the day or at the beginning of the shift of the day before it took off, those kind of things. Plus, we also ask, everybody has to have a mask the whole time in the plane. And we're not passing out food or sharing like the water. Now we're handing out individual cans of drinks. Joseph Beard, Linda's son, has had a secondhand experience of his mom's situation. One of the things that drew Linda to the job was discounted flights with how often their family travels, especially because at one point, three kids were traveling out of state for college. Joseph has been traveling around between Milwaukee and Glendale. He eventually decided to stay home in Glendale to avoid holiday travel, among other reasons. The financial benefit of Linda's job is something Joseph has been reflecting on. If it weren't for my mom's job, we would have been paying thousands of dollars, not only each year, but essentially each season, just to fly home for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, spring break. 
it's been really nice to have those benefits, but COVID has made me see how much I had taken the benefits of my mom's job for granted. While Linda's furlough was a setback, Joseph was glad to be there during a difficult time. My mom just recently uh, had knee surgery. The timing of it worked out pretty well, and you know, I was not excited, but I I'm glad I could be home so I could take care of my mom while she recovers from that. Lots of people have had negative experiences that set back any plans to see people or to hold events. The stories and the sadness of the people that had to cancel. You know, I'm, I can't fly, I can't go to my granddaughter's wedding, or I can't go to my son's graduation. For me, those were some of the hardest, saddest, you know, stories to hear. And people crying, you know, that they can't go and they want to be there, and or that the whole wedding was totally canceled. I've had bride and grooms calling and cans crying because they can't go on their honeymoon or they can't have a wedding. The stories of parents that are dying in the hospital and they can't go see them and that kind of stuff. So those were all hard to deal with, hard to help. And some of them are just very grateful that we're willing to cancel the flight with no charges, no fees, and save either send them a, a, a credit for a future flight or save the ticket for a future flight. Traveling as a whole is so uncertain. That's how it was for Sandra Whitehead, an adjunct instructor at Marquette University that was stuck in Saudi Arabia before the world shut down. As a 1992 grad from graduate school at Marquette, Whitehead has been teaching at the university for many years. She also taught in Lebanon during her teaching career. As an instructor at Marquette teaching more in the fall semester, Whitehead and her husband took the spring semester this year to visit their daughter in Saudi Arabia. Then everything took a turn and Whitehead and her husband ended up living with their daughter. We went February 22nd, and two weeks later, the world shut down. I mean, we loved it. We were with our daughter and her husband in their place. So if we were stuck in a hotel and paying by the day and stressing out about that or, um, or just by ourselves, but, you know, we don't get to see her all the time, so we were happy to see her. Whitehead continued to teach online for her students. There were pros and cons to that situation. You know, since February, I was there and I said, I'll be back in June. Okay, I'll be back in July. Okay, I'll be back in August. There was a great, wonderful thing about teaching classes from there, and that's the time difference. So they're eight hours ahead of us. So I would give students a deadline of midnight to post your thoughts on a discussion or to turn an assignment in your Dropbox. And then it'd be midnight for them and they'd go to sleep. It'd be eight o'clock in the morning for me. So then I would read all their stuff. Then by, you know, the class for me started at five o'clock PM. And for the students, it was 9 AM. You know, it looked like, I felt like it looked magical. Like, how does she do all that? You know, because that never happens. Whitehead tried to get back to Milwaukee, but the process as a whole was unpredictable and confusing. Now that Whitehead is back in the States, she doesn't know when she can go back to Saudi Arabia. Because we knew, like, whenever we went out, we couldn't go back. So my stay was only for three months. It actually expired. I couldn't, there were no flights, you know, so I couldn't go anyway. And they, they didn't find us for the period when there were no flights, but then... The first flight they offered us had a three-day layover in Dubai, and we didn't want a three-day layover. And, and if you get out of the airport, you have to quarantine for, for two weeks. So we couldn't, you can't do a three-day layover unless you stayed in the airport on a chair for three days. So we went a week later. While being stuck in a different country can be stressful, 
Whitehead has been grateful for some of the experiences she had. It's a place called the Edge of the World. Uh, we rented a jeep, and you know we had somebody who, like a high, who was hired to lead us out there, and 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 with him there were three of my daughter's friends. So we went out there. It looked like daytime at night, and so we went hiking at you know the middle of the night. As part of the Marquette community, Whitehead isn't the only one experiencing these odd times. International students have interesting experiences with how traveling has been shifting and changing. Looking at the CDC's website on November 1st, certain travelers are prohibited from coming to the U.S. With specific exceptions, those from China, Iran, Brazil, and other countries aren't granted entry. Michelle Gomez is an international student from Guatemala. She's a sophomore majoring in digital media. While thinking about seeing her family and being in Milwaukee for school, there's some difficulties that come with this long process of traveling. Trump's administration, they wanted, they like proposed all of these rules for international students to not be able to come back. So first we had to just make sure that our student visas were going to be valid. Then they decided, so a lot of schools decided to sue him. So they revoked the rules. And then I had to talk to the government basically and ask for permission. I usually fly with American Airlines. I had to fly with United Airlines, which was the only airline with repatriation flights. So basically that was a flight approved by the government. And then I had to get approved by Customs and Borders, I think it is, and look for a flight. It took me for around like a month to be able to just figure out if I was gonna come back or not. Gomez expresses how difficult being an international student can be along with some of the lessons learned from this experience. It's really an emotional roller coaster and just a lot to take in like culturally and it's different. So I I was going to stay, but I really want to fly back and see my family, especially not knowing if like I'm going to be able to fly back or not. Like everything's just so uncertain that I think I've come to learn that if I have the opportunity to do something, I just got to do it. And I, right now I have the opportunity to fly back home and I'm just going to take it and, and go share with them and spend with them the holidays. Lin Lin Lee is yet another international student struggling with traveling. Lee is a senior majoring in information systems and marketing. As a student from Chengdu, China, the city home to giant pandas, traveling back home isn't as easy as it is for students that drive a couple hours to see family again. To go back to China, travelers must quarantine in a hotel for two weeks, Lee said. While traveling back to the U.S., it's more complicated, according to some of the experiences Lee's friends have had. I have to think about how should I go back to the United States, because U.S. now says that if you travel from China to U.S., you must have to go to another country, the third country, stay for 14 days before you go to U.S. After the 14 days plus 14 days, I don't have too many days left for the winter break. Since the pandemic is so uncertain, Lee doesn't know if her parents can even see her graduate. No, they haven't come to the United States before. They were expected to come to my graduate ceremony. But it depends on the, if the COVID things didn't pass the next year. But finger crossed, I hope it will pass next year. <laughs> but if not, they will, they will not come. Traveling as a whole can be frustrating, difficult, upsetting, and so much more in between. 
While it may not feel safe, it's likely safer than it seems, according to an article by Massachusetts Institute of Technology, otherwise known as MIT. The article states that the air quality in an airplane cabin is high. It's refreshed every two to four minutes and can filter out 99.97% of virus-sized particles through high-efficiency particulate air filters. While the cabin is generally safe, wearing a face covering and taking precautions will continue to help stop the spread. One thing Linda noted about Alaska Airlines specifically is leaving the middle passenger seat empty, as many other airlines are doing as well. We were also kind of challenged by having to cancel so many of our flights so and then having to book the people that did need to get there anyway into different uh, schedules or different flights to get back home or back to wherever they were going. And for safety, we're trying not to put people so close together. So we're not selling on a three-seater plane on each side. We're not selling the middle seat at all. Unless you're a family member, then we will sit you together. Um, then if you want, you know, if the same family wants to sit in the same room, we do allow that. But other than that, we won't book people in the same room. Regardless of it being safe, taking precautions and avoiding unnecessary travel is a priority to stopping the spread. While traveling isn't as easy for Gomez, she has started a campaign to help Guatemala during troubling times. Suddenly, a couple of months later, after the first case um, appeared in Guatemala, a lot of doctors started to raise their voices in social media saying that they weren't being paid, that they didn't have gowns, they didn't have face masks. Um, a lot of the medicines were already past their date, they were expired. Um, also that family members had to buy the medicines in this um, temporary hospitals. And so with Ivan, we decided to create Una Mask Por Guate, which is basically, um, in English, it's like one more, fa one more, one more face mask for Guate. Um, and we spread the news as much as we could. We shared it with literally every club at Marquette. We asked them to just um, give us a shout out in your Instagram pages. We sent it to Instagram. Um, I sent it literally to all honors via email. Um, you know, some, some people replied back. Some of our friends were really nice. They donated. They asked us if there was anything they could do. Now that it's holiday season, people are still finding ways to enjoy time with the people they love. From dressing up and holding virtual movie nights for Halloween, to finding ways to enjoy a Zoom Thanksgiving feast call, there's lots of ways to connect with those around us. For the final episode of the series, I'll be sharing more positive things that are happening in difficult times. Please remember to stay safe, wear a mask, and wash your hands. We fight this pandemic together.